You're listening to the Moon Griffon Show podcast on KPL965.com. News Talk 96.5 KPL, Bro Bridge, Lafayette. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management Studios online at matthew-james.com. Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Fox confirms, is running for president. He plans an announcement in New Hampshire next Tuesday. Former President Trump arrives in Iowa today. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is there. Leadership is not about entertainment. It's not about building a brand. It's not about virtue signaling. It is about results. DeSantis there in Clive, Iowa. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says there are enough votes to pass his debt ceiling deal with President Biden. A full House vote's expected today. The Speaker is expected to deliver just about two-thirds of his conference. That's at least 150 Republican yeas, and that is what Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries expects. There are about 32 Republican no's. That list keeps on growing. Could we see some of these folks change last second? Yes, that is always possible. It all depends on whether McCarthy is willing to make some backdoor deals behind the scenes, but the G- GOP did expect to lose just about 30 to 40 votes here. The no's think that the speaker botched this. Fox's Aisha Hosni at the Capitol. A Tennessee woman reported missing by her family three weeks ago says she's fine. Nikki Alcarez no longer a missing person. She was found in California and has been in contact with police and family members. The 33-year-old mother of two left from central Tennessee to drive across country in her Jeep with her boyfriend and a dog four days in in New Mexico. A long-haul trucker saw her being violently beaten by her boyfriend. She was on the ground. The trucker intervened, called police, but no charges were filed. Fox's Steve Harrigan. U.S. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz says he's retiring at the end of June. He started the job in August 2021, a 30-year veteran. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says in a statement, Chief Ortiz agreed to postpone his retirement several times, and the Border Patrol, the department, and our country have been all the better for it. No word yet who might replace him as chief. America's listening to Fox News. I have diabetes. I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I have asthma. I'm at risk, too. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a vaccine that can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138. The views expressed in the following show are those of the hosts or hosts only. They do not represent News Talk 96.5 KPL or Town Square Media. Welcome, Mugrafon Show on the road at the state capitol. We actually are honored to be at the uh, Attorney General's office before anybody freaks out. They freaked out literally because I was here last time. We're going to be back next Wednesday 
I'm gonna be at the treasure resort. We'll be in. A, they call it the vault. We'll be there next Wednesday. So we're gonna come back. It'll be the last few days of the session. We're gonna run through some people today. We'll run through some more next week, and uh, and, and and get a chance to go roam around and visit and watch what these ladies and gents do. Uh, our first guest is Senator Kirk Talbert. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, First of all, good morning. Good morning. Good to Glad see you. Glad to be here. I, I got two or three things I want to cover real quick with okay. you. Uh, but I want you to explain what's going on in the insurance business because I know this and you know this and it's all over the news. Uh, we got big problems in the insurance business. But more importantly, people are having problems yes. with, with insurance. And I'm not blaming insurance business. I'm saying they're having problems getting insurance because of all the storms and stuff. Right. And we all are. You know, I am. My business went up. My uh, my personal homeowner's insurance dropped me last summer. I, I was fortunate enough to get picked up. But where we are right now, so the, the, the millions of dollars that we put in the incentive fund, that has, is getting to those nine insurance companies right now. So they are starting to, to recruit policies, pull policies out of citizens. All that is starting to matriculate right now. And as you may remember, they requested or qualified for an extra $17 million that we didn't have in the special session. Correct. So I believe that's in the budget now to put another $17 million in to put more of that on the street and pull more policies out of citizens and, you know, have more competition. The Fortified Roof Program, um, the last I heard, uh, the president wants to put $45 million in it, which is fantastic. I mean, that's, that's really, That's really one of good. the biggest parts of this. Am I correct? That is the long-term solution for our problem is Fortified Roof. So hopefully that grant program will be up and running this summer. Um, we have a number of bills making through the legislature, a big bill today by, by Chairman Huval that um, deals with clearing up the whole claims process. When does the claim start? When does the claim get paid? The transparency on what an insurance company you know, um, asks you to provide so you, we can get paid on time. That bill is to simplify things and do away with the necessity of litigation. Our litigation moon has gone up 800% since the Rita Katrina days to the four storms now. It's 800% more. And, you know, Florida had a huge problem with litigation with homeowners. They fixed their problem in a special session. Uh, Governor DeSantis did that. Now we're kind of the outlier now. And, you know, Louisiana is small enough and dangerous enough as far as where storms land that insurance companies can just ignore Louisiana and they'll just go somewhere else. They can't ignore Florida, and they didn't. But I worry that, you know, they'll just take a pause from Louisiana and just stop writing here, which they're doing now. So we've got to pass these bills. You know, today's a big one, and um, so far everything's moving along good. But, you know, we've got three or four that are kind of hanging in there waiting for the, the, the process. Just a couple quick things on this. The, uh, explain to people uh, about the fortified roofs. What does that really do? What is a fortified roof for people that may not understand? So a fortified roof is a roof where they strap down the rafters, they seal it up from the inside, they use ring shank nails, they use more nails per shingle, and I hate to say this on the air, and I'll knock on wood, yeah. but the roof pretty much will not blow off. And that's something that is... It don't supposed to. It, it, right. Okay. It, I okay. mean, all the, t all the tests I've seen, all the hurricane studies I've seen, um, when Hurricane Sally hit Alabama, and Alabama's the state that has... 90% of the fortified roofs in this country, not a single roof lost, wow. blew off because of Hurricane Sally. So it is our way out. To give you an idea on how much that costs, I saw an ad in the paper uh, the other day. It was an 1,800-square-foot roof for $4,000, and it's 8 to 12% more to, to put on a fortified roof. So it's really not that much more. Um, so but it's worth it. Absolutely it's worth it. it. The grant, I think, will go up to $10,000, and that was kind of the sweet spot when they hit in Alabama. They started out like 1000 and then they got no takers. When they hit ten, the whole the, the, the uh, 
the gates opened and people started putting on these roofs and made it worth it. So that is our future. That is our way out. But right now, we need competition so we can have these rates to go down. Okay, last thing. Through the special session, we passed some bills that uh, allowed insurance companies to compete. Uh, right. My question is, because I talked to you last time, some of the people that were already here took advantage of it too. Did we really add many more companies to compete? We did. I think we added... Of the nine companies, I think there's six, five or six new that, that came in. But if you look at what happened after Katrina, when they did the incentive program, five companies took the money. And then all of a sudden, these other companies started pouring in after that, and they shut the program down, which is good because the, we had private market you know, coming back. And I think that's what's going to happen here. It seems like insurance companies, they have the herd mentality, Moon. They all leave at once, and they all come back at once. And once they see companies doing well and tipping their... They leave because they go out broke. They come back because they can make money. <laughs> That's right. Look, they got to make money or they won't right here. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we got to have a, a good balance. I know there. a lot of people are hurting on that. I, I, uh, you just, you just, you just scapegoat today, so I'm going to pick a bone with you okay. on a couple quick things. Number one is the budget. All right. Okay. You guys decided... I, I, I don't understand why y'all didn't pass a budget. Y'all passed a resolution to spend all the excess money. You didn't right. have, but you never passed a budget. So you it's don't coming. pass the budget, right. but you pass the extra. And why? Because the – let me start here. I'm going to okay. explain. The House budget seemed to agree great. Lobby, uh, uh, Pelican Institute, National Federation of Independent Businesses. A lot of people said this is the way to help the next governor coming in because we're going to have problems. Why does the Senate think we got to pass every penny, spend every penny? Well, first, the budget that came from the, from the House did not have a teacher pay raise. It did not – it. From what we saw, it already... But there were ways to get a teacher's pay raise. There is a ways to get it. Okay. But it, it seemed like, from what I learned, they already had were $190-something, $193 million over the cap. So Can I'll look I stop at it. you there? Where'd you get that from? That is coming from our budget office and our staff, from okay. our wait, finance wait, wait. committee. That didn't come from Bell Edwards and Jay Darden? No, no, no. Because no, they're, no. the they're the ones we, put these numbers up, and where did they get those numbers from? Well, I think they're the ones, the first ones that mentioned that, but we had our staff look at that and confirm that. Because, um, look, like you, I don't trust, I, I, I trust but verify. But, look, I look at it like this. The money, the excess money we're spending is going to be for infrastructure projects. The $45 million for the fortified roof, that's where that money's coming from. The extra $17 million going to the insurance incentive program. Yeah, but it's like you know, took that and put that under the, under, the, well, under the line so you can go to people and say, teachers pay raise and everybody rallies behind. The only reason I'm bringing it up to you, Kirk, it seems like it's the same old politics no well, matter what we do here. And that, that's my frustration. And the next that. governor coming in, are we going to have to expand 0.45 forever? I mean, I think we're setting up the next governor to have a big-time problem. I don't know about that, but I can tell you, if you look, it, it'd be like we have the cash now. Should we do infrastructure projects or do we hold on to the cash, bond out those projects and pay interest on it? You know, I've, I've consulted speakers from the past like Jim Tucker and all this because, I mean, I struggle with it. I was a fiscal hawk, you know, just like everybody else, still am. But it seems like why put the money on a credit card if we have the cash to do an infrastructure project? We're not growing government. We're not using one-time money but, for but a lot of these expenses. groups that I'm talking about that support it is, Kirk, are people that support you. Oh, and I know. they're telling y'all, hey, guys, do something different. And I don't see anything being done different here. And this is money we may never see again. And we just – it's a big concern for me. And I've, well, I've, I don't know as much as you do. I'm going to admit that in front of everybody. But I know enough to know, wow, we got a chance to change things. And I don't – I think the Senate has decided to say, to hell with the House, we're going to do it our way. Well, we're, we're, you know, we're a different body, so we have our own different – Oh, no, you got different, different leadership and but everything. Look, I look at it like this. If I have a House 
and I'm making a mortgage payment, and at the end of the year, I got some money left over. I got a roof that's leaking. Do I want to fix the roof or make two extra payments on my mortgage? I'm going to fix my roof. Um, we can do a little bit of both. Right now, we're debating on how much of the debt we want to pay off for lasers. Do we want to pay all of it? Do we want to pay half of it? So we're going to do a little of everything. We're going to pay off some debt, some of that unaccrued liability. We're going to do some infrastructure projects, but we're not going to grow government and use one-time money well, for recurring you know, this is this is this is from a lot of federal money. Last question for you, and it's a little bit controversial. So Fred Mills put his foot in his mouth. Right. No doubt. But here's my beef with okay. all of you guys in the Senate. All right. You guys have not stood up, stood up, stood up one time. Not one time to say, Fred, you're wrong. We're going to do something different. Not one time. And the reason I'm putting it that right. way is I go to leadership. Right. And leadership kind of shuts everybody out. When Fred made the vote, and I know what's happening in the mills, they, they, they pounded. I know they are. But, and, and, and that's, that's somebody's business. I'm right. not well, into that's, that. That's but their but right to do that. But, but here's the right. thing. Uh, you guys, uh, Fred does this. Everybody goes crazy. Next day, he gets to speak on the floor, give his farewell, make everybody laugh. They put a resolution out there that this guy is such a statesman. And all y'all say, oh, great guy. Right, right after he comes off of this, then he gets to be president, president of the Senate for half a day. It's like y'all lifted the man up. <laughs> so, hey, Fred, look, Fred, you're great. Fred made a, Fred didn't make a mistake. This was premeditated. But I've not seen one senator step up yet. Not one. Well, not one person said a word. My answer would be the weekend over yet. You know what, though? It's closing in. It's closing in. But, I mean, look, we're very th – th that's a great bill that needs to pass. And well, why don't you lead the charge? I mean, I mean, look at me. Why don't you lead? I know you're a leader. Well, I believe you're a leader. I don't, I don't, listen, right. you got, a guy like you comes on my program, and you can handle it, okay? That's why I love when somebody like you comes. Because right. you look at me and go, well, I'll just throw this back. That's fine. Right. Why don't you lead it? Why didn't you all lead the charge from day one? There are things that are being worked on now to handle is, that. Is this going to be another water down of the budget? No. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't. I, I, I'm just being straightforward with well, you. Well, I'm being straight, too. There's the week ain't over yet. The session ain't over yet. Uh, there's a lot of senators that want to see that bill passed. So just just, uh, just give us time. Well, We're working on it. Well, all I know is that, by the way, it's my lady about my bills. <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, I know, but it just seems like it would have been better when all this thing got hot was to go ahead and attack it at the time because that's what bothers me. I've been hearing... Probably things that coming around, the House is going to put an amendment bill. That's scary to me. What really needs to happen is you guys need to right. step up on the Senate floor, get 27 votes, same bill, don't water it down, pass it where the governor can't. Right. If Just the governor vetoes it, you can bring it back. Give us some time. We're working on it. Why you say that with the budget? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, let me go back to that real quick. Yeah. I'll let you get out of here. So you pass a resolution. You got 34 co-authors on the budget to, to, to spend everything we got. That's how I'm putting it. You may put it differently. Okay. But you don't pass the budget. Well, I, I thought you passed the budget first. It's and my you, and within the budget, you do that. Was that really just a shot back at the house? We're going to do it our way. Y'all going to do it your way. We're going to get together and work it out. Well, that's how it always works. But, I mean, I believe that we had to pass that resolution before we passed the budget that exceeded the expenditure limit. That's the way I understood it. That's why we did the resolution first. Okay. And I think in the resolution, we wanted to lay out some of those things. Like these are kind of the, some of the parameters. If you read the resolution, you know, infrastructure projects, that kind of thing. I'm going to let you go. I still think the $200 million of overspend on the house, that came from Bel-Air. I mean, that bothers me.
<laughs> and like you, said, you know where it came like, from. Uh, it originally started there, right. or nobody would even know anything about it. Right. Hey, Kirk, you're always a good friend. Thank yep. you, sir. And I bet you, wish you the best of luck. And okay. I hope we see something good on that one bill. I think you will. I Thank think you, sir. Always a pleasure. All right, we're gonna take a break. More to come. Uh, Senator Heather Clow will join us. Coming out of the bottom of the hour, we'll take a break. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show. Do you remember recess? Our children may not because our kids are busy learning how to take a standardized test. One size fits all. That's what teachers must teach, the LEAP test. So it's hard to get kids onto the playground to learn citizenship, responsibility, and character. These things can be the difference between an auto mechanic and a car thief. Experts know kids do better when you let them be kids, but our experts don't. They make teachers teach a test. Meanwhile, we're 2,500 teachers short because we don't pay them or let them do their jobs. So pay them, let them do their jobs. While we're at it, let's provide farm fresh food to kids at school. Our farms have an abundance. Our kids need the nutrition and our schools already make meals. My name is Hunter Lundy. I paid for this ad because I'm running for governor. I'm a Christian, a conservative and an independent. Exercise, life skills, teachers who teach and farm fresh food. Why not? Folks, if you get a chance to be in Shreveport or Baton Rouge, New Orleans, you know, and you haven't checked out Superior Grill and you like good Mexican food, please go to Superior Grill. Go check them out. You're going to enjoy Everybody that I've sent there have really enjoyed the great taste of Superior Grill. They love the food. It's a big menu. It's a lot of different things you can pull out from the enchiladas to the fajitas to the tacos to the quesadillas to the steak to the hamburgers. They do it all at Superior Grill and that salsa and that queso is all so good. All you got to do is find a way to, to Shreveport, New Orleans, or Baton Rouge and get the great taste of Superior Grill. But hey, if you're home and you're in, the, in those areas and you want to cater and, and, and people like that, they cater. They can handle big groups. I've been there with many big groups and had a great, great time. They'll accommodate you. They'll accommodate you the best they can. You can pick up food to go as usual. Line Avenue in Shreveport, Government Street and Holland Road in Baton Rouge and St. Charles Avenue in New Orleans. Superior Grill. It's great. And next year, we're going to have one right here in Lafayette. So, hey, check them out. If you're headed that way, make darn sure you go check out the great taste of Superior Grill. You're... Welcome back, Moon Graffon Show on the road and uh, State Capitol right here in Louisiana, 22nd floor. Uh, it's Attorney General's office, uh, Jeff Landry's office, and they, they let us do this last time, just made it easy. Uh, we're back next week, uh, Treasurer's office. Uh, John Schroeder will be in his office next Wednesday doing the same thing. I've already had people call, want to come on. We moved them to next week. Uh, I was expecting Brett Guyman, hoping he would get here. He still may slide in. Uh, but as you notice, talking to the senator, Senator Cloud's going to come in. I got some questions for her as well uh, on this budget. I, I, I questioned uh, Talbert because of the numbers. The, that, that, let me just explain this. The budget number he's talking about, $200 million, he said 190 whatever, that he says the House overspend. Uh, Brett Guyman and him and, 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 and the House says that's not true. And I'll be honest with you. I, I ask where numbers come from. You remember, let me start with this. You remember how I always tell people 
The governor came out and said, when he first got in office, we got a $2 billion budget deficit, which was a lie. That was a lie from hell. You know, it's been, this is the eighth year. And I was the first one and the only one to say, show me where you got that from. It never came from a revenue estimating conference. It never came from the House. It never came from any, the Senate. It never, it never came from anywhere but the mouth of Jay Darden and uh, uh, the world governor. That's where it came from. And you know, they ran that in the newspaper, and they ran that in the media, and they ran that on advertisement. And today, I'm still sitting here waiting for somebody to show me this. Okay? By the way, Z's a rank. I call him Zero Z's a rank. I like Z. Z's come on several times. Z told me last time he was on, time before last, I can prove the $2 billion. And I said, okay. I ain't heard from Z. That's been three, uh, almost two months now. He's not come by. He's not proved it. I don't think, I know he can't. They can make some numbers go, well, it's too big. And if you figure this for the next four years, that ain't how it works. So the reason I bring up the too big is because the 200 million that they said the House overspent, that was for the Senate and for the media to run with. Where did they get that number from? Enter Jay Darden and Bill Edwards. They came up with this 200 million figure, the Senate. Because I'm telling you, Cortez Blank Page is a puppet master. I mean, he's a puppet for, uh, for Bell Edwards. He's been a puppet. And so when I hear $200 million, you know, I'm bringing that up to Kirk. I, I'm asking him because I want to know. And they say, well, our people found the numbers, but he admitted what? We got him the first time he heard about it was from who? Bell Edwards and Jay Darden. And folks, listen, I've, I've watched this 30 years now. And I'm not... I think Kirk's a great, uh, actually one of the better representatives. I, I mean, senators, he is. And, and for the most part, he's a really conservative guy, and I'm not even going to go anywhere with him. But when I think about the way they just passed the resolution, he says they told, listen again, I want to go back again. And, and Kirk's right. They told us we had to pass this resolution with the spending cap before we did the budget. Okay. They told us that. Well, who told them that? Who's they? You follow me? So, sir, you walk in and tell me something. And I say, okay, you told me that. Where did you get that from? See, you got to go back to where it all started. And if you don't go back to where you started to get the details, well, we know now it started with J. Darden Edwards. And was it just made up out of thin air like the $2 billion budget deficit? I, I question maybe it was. But Kirk said that number showed that too. Well, I'm not going to call a guy a liar because I'm not. I'm just, I just know that it came from Edwards. And I know things that come from Bell Edwards and Jay Darn normally, uh, they have a stretch factor in it or a line factor in it. I don't know which one. And so that, that, is, uh, that is the part that concerns me. I'm just telling you, that's the part that concerns me. And so maybe Kirk proved right, but here's what's going to happen with the budget. They're going to pass a budget. They're going to cut a deal, and the Senate is going to mostly win. We got 36 in the House that are still holding tight. Now, I don't know, maybe it's 48 or 52, but I know they got the 36. And I was told by several people that those 36 are still holding tight. Folks, if the 36 House members, we need to encourage them with hold. The Senate can do anything they want to do. If the 36 House members would hold, 
And don't worry if they go to a special session. Life is what it is. But we need 36 warriors. We need 36 people. And the House needs to be encouraged not to give in to Cortez and Edwards on the Senate side, because that's where it's coming from. All right. We're expecting Senator Heather Cloud. We're expecting Brad Goff. And we're expecting a phone call from Attorney General. So we got all that in the next 30 minutes. Don't go nowhere. You're listening to the Moon Group on Show. Folks, discover Raging Cajun, the original Cajun seasoning, and Raging Cajun Foods' delicious line of seasoned dinners. Beans, black-eyed peas, roux, Creole sauce, seasonings, rubs, and even sweet jalapeno relish and spicy pickles. Raging Cajun's authentic recipes have been secretly crafted in the heart of Acadiana for over 38 years. As for Raging Cajun at all your favorite grocery stores today, Raging Cajun, original Cajun seasoning. Folks, ask him for that Raging Cajun. Crime is out of control. Louisiana's education system failing our kids and our economy, one of the worst. We need a new direction. We need Jeff Landry as governor, a former police officer, Army National Guardsman, Sheriff's Deputy, and our Louisiana Attorney General. Jeff Landry has a proven record of fighting crime. A small businessman, he successfully filled hundreds of jobs for Louisiana citizens. So Jeff Landry opposes high taxes and government red tape harming our economy. A husband and father, Jeff Landry knows all kids deserve a great education, not liberal politics pushed in the classroom. A leader standing up to Biden, protecting our pro-life values and Second Amendment freedoms, endorsed by the Republican Party of Louisiana. Our next governor, Jeff Landry. Paid for by Landry for Louisiana. Louisiana is unique. The food, the festivals, even the bugs. It's termite season. Did you know termites are responsible for over $1 billion worth of damage in Louisiana alone? For over 60 years, J&J Exterminating has been shielding homes and businesses. 100% guaranteed against termites, pests, and mosquitoes. Louisiana-owned, customer-focused. J&J Exterminating. Call them today, make pests go away. Get the shield. Yeah. Hi. Uh. Hi, I'm Dale Brown, best-selling techno-thriller author. I'm also a mission pilot and squadron commander in the Civil Air Patrol. The members of the Civil Air Patrol are volunteer professionals who serve their communities and their nation every day with emergency services, aerospace education, and cadet programs. We train hard, we fly hard, and we get the job done for America. Join the Civil Air Patrol. Visit www.gocivilairpatrol.com and let's go flying. This hour of the Moon Graffon Show is brought to you by Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management. Online at matthewjames.com. Welcome back. Moon Graffon Show on the road. We at the state capitol. 
right here in Louisiana, and uh, we're visiting with the representative. You hang tight. I'm going to do what I said. Uh, anyway, no, you, you need to sit down, ma'am. Or do you, I, I'm going to get her fired is what I'm going to do. she got a big, you you her bodyguard? Yes. I need a bodyguard. <laughs> I need a big bodyguard, too. Anyway, get that thing closer to your mouth because I know you talk like, I know you talk like Senator Heather Cloud. How you doing, Senator Cloud? Hey, I can be loud, Moon. <laughs> get me get me mad enough. She, she, she's small and carries a big stick. Anyway, good to see you. Uh, Couple of things with you, real quick. Uh, dealing with, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little hard at you. She's looking at her going. What you doing? Uh, I might get loud. Yeah, okay, the budget. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, I mean, you went back and forth a little bit, and I'm, I'm saying, Heather, what are you doing on the budget? Why do y'all pass a concurrent resolution that you have to spend every single penny? Yeah. And, and the reason I'm asking that is, and I asked Talbot, don't y'all usually pass the budget? But now y'all pass, hey, is that just a send back to the House saying, no, no, we, we're going to spend every penny? No, I think that the Senate sent it over. If you notice, I did not co-author it. I was one of a few people that didn't co-author it. Yeah, about three of y'all. You were one of them. Correct. Yeah, yeah, there were a few of us that didn't. But we got it on to the over to the House so that they can decide what they want to do with it when the budget comes over to them. Um, just, I believe it's just based on timeline because session's going to be, you know, coming to a close. And so the Senate wanted to get it on over to them. I mean, look. Yeah, but Jerry, it was a unanimous vote, so somewhere up the road you had to join them. I, I didn't. I didn't join any team. I didn't join any team. I mean, the bill has to be passed first. But the fact of the matter, what we're running up against is Revised Statute Thirty Nine, and I don't have it in front of me, Thirty Nine Thirty Three, and that's I think the whole in- expenditure limit. And you'll hear some differing opinions, but it says that the commissioner of administration shall determine what monies are put into the calculation of the expenditure limit. So, I mean, the statute is giving the authority to the governor, to the DOA, to decide what is and what isn't calculated but, but, in the, but in the expenditure limit. But you do realize that I know that because you've been down here. That, that, that's why they come up with that. They, they, can, they can use any number they want to, and they throw it to the Senate, but the Senate doesn't have to buy into everything they say, do they? No, the Senate doesn't. No, the Senate doesn't. And we'll see how it works out with the bill. The scary thing is it's going to all happen so quickly at the end. And we're going to have to have time to vet what's put in that bill. I mean, I sit on Senate finance and we're not quite sure. We're still working through the details of what goes in and what doesn't go in. How long How long ago did the House send you out a budget? It's been some time. Okay. And I'm going to throw a little figure at you. You can go back and check. Y'all were not in the session for about 20 days. That's a third of the time that y'all took off. Heather, this is not Heather Cloud. This is Moon and Heather talking. You sitting in front of me, and I love a conservative. She's a true conservative. She knows I support her. Uh, but they had other times. So when, when and, I, and I, it's a pet peeve of mine, when people start saying, well, we're running out of time. Yeah. What about the 20 days that you got to go home? And by the way, you didn't make any of that decision. Right. But the budget's what? been sitting there for a while. That's that's all I'm saying. And so now we get to the end and say, well, we got to rush it. We got Jay Darden and Edwards coming in with this new deal, and we they overspend, and and I just can't buy into all that. No, and the and the problem is 
we knew the expenditure limit was going to be a conversation going in. We knew we were going to have a lot of money. And the truth is the House did the budget planning in a vacuum. The Senate does the budget planning in a vacuum. And then we put each other's backs up against the wall. We have appropriations that does all of this work. And then on the other side, we have our sister committee. They have their sister committee, our finance committee. There is no reason why common sense tells us that we should be working together to craft this budget on the front side on the front side, not waiting to the last minute and putting yep. each other's backs against the wall because we're all Republicans and there's a lot of conservative in both conservatives. I think there's a lot. I just, I just hope we got enough. That's yeah. always my problem. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm just disappointed with the Senate's doing. That's me. I, know. I want you to talk about your library bill. Where are we on the library? Because I know you got some bills out there that have been very important to you that you've been working hard on. No, I mean, I think we're in a great place with the library bill. We got it through the House committee, all the way through the Senate, got it through the House committee. Every time we would hit a committee, the opposition would have a new argument. It would, you know, be the cost of implementation of software. And then we found out that most of the library systems have these unassigned cash funds, kind of like a savings account that if they needed to use to upgrade some of their systems, they could. Um, I mean, there was... The pushback one, we were trying to remove books from the library, um, which was not true. So we if were. Got, if they take the time to read the bills you got, it's nothing to do with what they're telling people in the media. Right. Nothing. So we, we you know, squelched that argument because the bill does not do that. The bill does not discriminate against any, you know, the gender issues. All it deals with is pornographic material, like lewd pornographic material in books. And it's not. That's, that's all that it does. And it, it gives the parents the ability to say, we don't want our children to have access to books that have lewd pornographic material in them. No, I read some of the bills that have been trying to pass and they look like they ought to just roll through with no problem. Yeah. But you're still getting pushback from people that lobby against it. Absolutely. By the way, the people that lobby against them, they don't mind what they say, do they? <laughs> no, and, and the funny thing is they, they recraft their argument every time they lose... One, they come up with a new argument. And um, I mean, we've beat them on every argument because it, it's just a common sense bill. All we're doing is asking for the same mechanisms on iPhones and on Netflix for parents to be able to set parental controls. It, wouldn't, you say, wouldn't you say, though, when you look at, uh, at the bills that you are presenting, they're mostly pro-family? and pro-kids, but somebody that disagrees with the way you and me think, mm -hmm. you're pro them too because they can decide for their kids for the most part. Absolutely. It, 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 why the argument against what y'all trying to do is, well, they're trying to take stuff out, they're trying to do something against a gender or LGBTQ or whatever it is. Why, why do they make that argument when if you read the bills, there's nothing to do with that? And that a parent that wants that for their kids. Mm -hmm. can go ahead and push it if they want to. I think, it's, I think that a lot of people that come to testify, um, they have not read the bill. They're, they've been inflamed by the far left. Um, and it's really unfair for many of them because we had one lady come to testify that she just did not believe in censorship. She doesn't want books removed from the library and this bill would do just that. And one of the senators asked her, can you please show us in the bill where it does that and it was like an aha moment for her and so i think on both sides you know on the right and the left that different groups inflame and we're you know as as citizens we need to educate ourselves before before we take a position on an issue okay uh i got a big beef with the senate 
Come on, Moon. Yeah, you know, and I, I know Heather's going. At least oh give my me a cup God, of coffee. What did I this? do? No, well, I, you know what though? I can talk to you just like I could talk to Kurt Talbot. Okay, I can talk to y'all guys honestly. Uh, I, I'm, I'm upset with the Senate because go back to the Fred Mills and what he did. And what I'm upset with the Senate was since Fred Mills did what he did, and he's he's struggling with a lot of stuff now. Uh, they, get, they did a day for Fred where everybody does their retirement and everybody gets to laugh at his jokes. The next thing is this, y'all signed a resolution, unanimous resolution. This guy's a great statesman. I, I don't get that. Then he, gets to, then he gets to sit on the Senate president for about a half a day. And I'm sitting here going, we've taken something that was, he did so bad, and it was not an error. He did it, and it's like the Senate then went crazy and praised him. So here's my big question for you. And I'm bigger than you. I can ask this. What are y'all going to do about this? What's being done about it? I have not heard not one senator publicly say one word. They've not gotten out and been tough about it. I've, I've seen you in the past. What's going on? Why is nobody standing up? Has Cortez got that much strength over y'all that you can't say anything? I think that the majority of the senators, the majority of the Republican senators, I'm speaking we, for them. We need a super majority, the, but the, go ahead. The majority of the senators that I'm talking to, we are, we have hopes and plans on getting this thing done. And so just because you're not seeing movement, I mean, there's political strategies at well, you, play. But you do realize, and I ain't going to tell you this because I know you can't wait for the session to be over. It's, it's, it's going to be I, going I in a week I or know. so. I mean, and so why do we wait so bad on the budget? I visited with that earlier. And this, why do we wait to the end? Why not do this stuff right when it happens? We shouldn't. I mean, you're right on the budget. And that's what I'm saying. We should have been working. The House and the Senate should have been working together on the front side. We should have been. Um, but what and, about the Mills deal? I mean, do, you, do, you, do you think, and you honestly tell me, you think something's going to be done with this? I do. Okay. You don't have to tell me what. I mean, I can't. But okay, here's my second question on that. I can't guarantee it. Will it be? Will it be a watered down version? I don't know. I haven't seen all the language yet. Okay, because uh, that that concerns me. I know there's a lot of conservatives like you that are there. It just seems to never be enough. Mm -hmm. You can be a Republican. Now, I'm not impressed with Republicans anymore. I'm impressed with conservatives. Well, look at look at here. Because I mean, Heather Cloud could have been the first one on the floor to say, "Hey, we're doing this today." Jeff Landry. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Oh, no, don't worry about him. It's he's just, not important. It's just Jeff Landry. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell him he's calling the wrong number. <laughs> it's just and, Jeff. And i got a minute left. Go ahead, though. No, if you look, I mean, look, give me a minute, and that's what I'm Give us a minute. We're going to figure this out. If you look in front of me, the folder that I have right here is the Constitution. I've been reading it. I have all the financial documents. We just left reviewing HB2 and all the proposals that are on the table. I mean, I am spending, and so many of us are spending countless hours trying to vet these proposals and what's kind of um, in, all the, in all the funds and in all the places. But, I mean, I am not in leadership. Um, and, you know, I think that next year there should be a reason to count this as a lesson learned. And I think the Finance and the Appropriation Committee needs to come together and we need to work together on the front side, something that we can all buy into and then yeah. just push it through. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I think about leadership because my audience already knows. Her name is uh, Senator Heather Clouds. Always a pleasure. You're always welcome. Thank you, Moon. All right, we got to take a break. More to come on the Moon Graffon Show. Uh, by the way, we'll hear from the Attorney General if he calls the right number. <laughs> Brett Guyman's in the house, and I got Brett. I got you 22 minutes now. You came in here with nothing. <laughs> Brett's over there. Bring it on. I got something for you, too. Anyway, we'll take a break. Be right back.
Louisiana's top law enforcement official, Jeff Landry, has failed us. Murder, rape, carjackings. Under Landry's watch, Louisiana is now the most dangerous state in America. Stephen Wagaspak has a plan to take Louisiana back from the criminals. It starts by supporting law enforcement and giving them the tools they need. Wagaspak will work with DAs and prosecutors, ensuring repeat offenders stay off our streets. Stephen Wagaspak for a safer Louisiana. Paid for by Reboot Louisiana Pack. When you think about how you spend your money in retirement, what comes to mind? Probably travel, sunny beaches, and spoiling your grandchildren? But a recent survey found that over 30% of every dollar a retiree spends goes to taxes. Baby boomers were told for years to save money in their IRAs and 401ks and pay taxes later. Well, now that day has arrived, and boomers are shocked to see a third of their money going back to Uncle Sam. John Blanchett and the Matthew James Financial Group can help. What if you could? Protect all or most of your retirement wealth from future tax rate increases. Achieve a zero or near zero effective tax rate for most of your retirement years. Find out more. 337-366-8366. Isn't it time you got a second opinion on your wealth and retirement outlook? Learn how you could potentially kick the IRS out of your IRA. 337-366-8366 and online at Matthew-James.com. Moongraphone here. My friends at the Louisiana Sportsman Coalition are the only group fighting for water access in the state. Louisiana is the only state that restricts access to tidally influenced water. There are 3 million acres of coastal Louisiana alone, and 2.4 million acres are considered by some as privately owned. This is our water. You can look it up. Article 450, Louisiana Civil Code, protects tidally influenced state water. Real privately owned water does not connect to the state water, and even the courts are standing to recognize it. Help stop the madness. Join LASC for all Louisiana's right to fish. Go to LASC.com. Join now. Oh, welcome back. Moon Show on the road. We're at the state capitol. Oh, by the way, quick shout-out to Al in New Iberia, Louisiana. He wanted me to do a shout-out, and I'm a nice enough guy to do it. I am sitting at the capitol in the attorney general's office, and uh, our next guest is the attorney general who's not in the office. I don't know what that's about, but uh, attorney general Jeff Landry joins us. Jeff, how you doing? <clears throat> I'm good, Moon. I'm good. You keeping the seat warm? <laughs> Well, I don't know if I'm keeping your seat warm. I kind of stayed out of that part of the office. I'm, I'm sitting over here in the conference room like we did last time. So, but, you, but your staff has really been great, making sure everything works out. And uh, I understand, according to the staff, you had a big announcement. And since we're in your office, I figured this would be a great day for you to announce it. Yeah, we had a great announcement today. You know, we have been working um, for eight years side by side, um, <clears throat> sheriffs, police chiefs, uh, district attorneys working to try to make Louisiana a safer place, you know, even amongst uh, the last seven years of watering down our criminal justice system, uh, we still have worked side by side with many of our sheriffs and district attorneys. And today we announced uh, the first of eight um, law enforcement and prosecutors, uh, meaning district attorneys that, that have endorsed us. And, and so this, this is the beginning of a longer list of law enforcement uh, and those inside the criminal justice system that recognize that Louisiana has a problem 
uh, we've got a big crime problem. We've got a big public safety problem. Uh, and they're committed, like I am, uh, in this next administration uh, when we elect a new governor and as the governor to work with them uh, to fix that and to make our state safe so that we can we can start to welcome people into the state rather than running people out of the state. Yeah, yeah but uh, the Dolphins the, got some pretty good big names on here. Can you name some of them that uh, have stepped out today yeah. and said, hey, you, you're the guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got we've got some great. So from the sheriffs, you know, we got uh, Sheriff Jay Richardson up in DeSoto Parish. Great guy. Great guy. Sheriff Craig Webb from Lafouche Parish. Another unbelievable sheriff. Of course, he's a fellow who I've had an opportunity to represent um, for, for a decade because as as a congressman down in that area, um, you know, I represented Lafouche Parish as well. Sheriff Julian Winnington in Bozier and Sheriff Steve Prater in Caddo. So that covers the Caddo Bozier area, both. Uh, just unbelievable people. Uh, both of them um, are working real hard to try to keep that area safe. You know, Shreveport is unfortunately one of the cities that are on the top 10 most dangerous cities in the United States. Uh, and, you know, Sheriff Prater, let me just say this, uh, has been one who has been critical of uh, the changes that were made in Baton Rouge some five and uh, four and five years ago. Uh, and, and, and of course, you know, he took a lot of criticism from Baton Rouge for the things that he was standing up and saying, this is the problems that we're going to have. And of course, he was also one of the ones that started saying, listen, my jails are being backed up because of these crazy COVID policies. Uh, and we're not able to really process those that were arrested and having to let them out. And so he's been one of those folks who have really, 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 along with Julie, uh, Julian Whittington in Bozier, have been saying, look, it's time for us to get serious, and if we don't, uh, it's going to spell a lot of trouble. And, of course, it has spelled a lot of trouble uh, for the Shreveport area because, again, they're in one of the top ten most dangerous cities in the country. And so we have them. And then on the district attorneys, we've got Lauren, Lauren Heinen uh, from Jeff Davis, Philip Terrell, unbelievable rapids. That's the Alexandria area. Uh, Bo Dewey, of course, he's, he's, he's my district attorney. Um, representing St. Martin, Iberia, and St. Mary, and then Chad Pete, who I've known uh, for decades. He was a wildlife agent when I was a sheriff's deputy back in the 90s, and he's the DA in St. Landry. So that rounds out the list for today. We're going to continue to announce more and more as the, as the weeks come by. But, again, this is showing people out there that these are the people who have been standing up for them, uh, some of them, of course, the sheriff's on the ballot as well as us, and we are going to get serious about crime and public safety uh, in this in, next year after we get elected. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Attorney General Jeff Landry, uh, my special guest. Jeff, I, one other thing I want you to do real quick, and we only got a couple minutes left. Uh, as an Attorney General, I need people need to understand this, and I've already heard a negative ad on you that uh, don't make any sense. But anyway, people need to understand as an Attorney General, you can't just walk into district and start doing whatever you want to do. There's a constitution, and I think the procedure is, unless in the district attorney says, hey, Jeff, come help us, you can't just walk in a parish. Am I correct that you can't just walk That's in and correct. say, I'm going to do what I want to do? That's correct. You know, unfortunately, um, the, the constitution that we, when, when we rewrote the constitution in 72, they took out the original jurisdiction for the for the attorney general, made it like supervisory, right? And so basically original jurisdiction and criminal procedures uh, is vested with the district attorneys in their own 
judicial district. The attorney general can only go in at the request of the district attorney uh, for either assistance or in a refusal. Uh, and then there's a special provision which has never, ever been utilized uh, because it, it, it's very weak inside the Constitution is that you would have to have leave a court, meaning you'd have to have a judge's permission to supersede the district attorney in a criminal matter. Uh, and so, again, we just we, we're really a support arm, uh, both of law enforcement and of prosecutors in the state of Louisiana. We prosecute cases upon recusals or assistance. Um, we've got some uh, we've got some agreements with with, with say like Hillamore. Uh, so on the Medicaid fraud stuff that we do, he just allows us. We make the cases uh, on in the Medicaid unit, and then they allow us to prosecute it as well. And so, you know, that's that that's what our Constitution lays out, the duties that attorney general are in regards to criminal law. Well, the reason why I ask, like I said, is that accusations and I'm going, I don't think that's the attorney general's job to go run around and fight crime. And where we got all these district attorneys, I mean, we got 64 of them. Could you imagine if your job was to go in all these 64 parishes and that was your job to go correct them? That's not how it works. And it looks like to me today you're saying you got district attorneys saying, hey, uh, we want to work with you. So, uh, you know, I think that's a really right. good thing. But I wanted it to be explained. Right. right. And, you know, Moon, here's the thing. The, the attorney general is an asset to the criminal justice system. And then that's what we have tried to do. You run the Internet Crimes Against Children's Task Force. We have a fugitive apprehension team because we've got statewide jurisdiction to go and arrest people. We work with uh, local law enforcement in order to go apprehend some of the most violent criminals in the state of Louisiana. And, of course, from the bully pulpit, from, the, from the, you know, our podium, we're able to, to basically try to explain what policies work for the criminal justice system and which don't. In fact, you know, I go around and say it. Jeff, I, I, Jeff, I hate to cut you. I hate to cut you, yep. brother, but we get ready to have to go. Thank you, man. We'll do it again soon. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. It's not immune to facts. The Dan Bongino Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental disorder that requires a comprehensive approach to treatment. Learn more at moretoadhd.com. This message brought to you in partnership with Ada, ACO, and Chad. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a Town Square media station broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. A vote on the debt deal. I'm Chris Foster. Fox News House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says his agreement with President Biden to suspend the nation's debt limit and cut spending is going to become law. There's a full House vote expected today. I'm going to make it a bipartisan admission that we can be very serious about looking long term to solve this problem once and for all. Based on what we've heard, at least two Democrats will be voting no. 35 Republicans, including South Carolina Rep. Ralph Norman here on Fox News at night. The only people happy with this bill are two fact factions. China, which is buying up our debt, 
and then and, uh, Biden administration, which is being proven to be corrupt and, and compromised. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he'll rush the bill to the floor for a vote as soon as possible if and when it is passed in the House. Fox confirms former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is running for the Republican presidential nomination. It follows reports that Christie allies have launched a new super PAC to support his candidacy. The announcement event is set for Tuesday evening at St. Anselm College's New Hampshire Institute of Politics. Christie was a Trump advisor, but broke with him over his refusal to accept the results of the 2020 election. He has since become a vocal Trump critic. Christie's first presidential run in 2016 ended with a sixth-place finish in New Hampshire when he became the first among the other GOP contenders to endorse Trump. Fox's Tanya J. Powers. Several pets are rescued from a partially collapsed apartment building in Davenport, Iowa, with no sign of two unaccounted for tenants believed to have been home when the collapse happened Sunday, including Lena Felixiak's son, Ryan. As far as I know, he's under the rubble, so yeah, we, I wanted to get him out. A plan to demolish the buildings on hold, but it's considered too unstable to thoroughly search. Job openings rose last month, 10.1 million of them in the U.S., up from 9.7 million in March, according to the Labor Department. Most economists had expected openings to go down. On Wall Street, Dow's down 255 points. America's listening to Fox News. the Almond Joy factory where tropical vibes abound. We use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and to the cookout. I was just packing up my famous mac and cheese. I hope you packed the Pepto, too. Huh? Pepto-Bismol provides fast relief from heartburn and indigestion. You know, that uncomfortable feeling after you eat too much and after the deviled eggs, baked beans, and barbecue ribs? You're gonna need it. Barbecue ribs? I should probably pack an extra shirt, too. <laughs> Good call. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Pepto-Bismol. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. A public hearing is happening now about mysterious sightings in the sky. NASA will give an update on its nine-month unidentified flying objects or UFO study today. The meeting will be the first time the space agency has provided results like this in a public setting. It's expected to last several hours and will include officials from the Pentagon and the Federal Aviation Administration. UFOs once again became mainstream after a series of objects were found flying over American skies, causing President Biden to order the military to shoot them down. At least one of those objects was a Chinese spy balloon. Fox's Ryan Schmelz in D.C. A North Korean spy satellite launch fails, crashing into the sea due to a problem with the rocket. Overnight, air raid sirens sounded in the South Korean capital of Seoul after North Korea launched a satellite. While the alert turned out to be a false alarm, the sirens and subsequent evacuation message caused panic among some of the population. Warnings were also sent out to residents in part of Japan, since it was unclear at first whether North Korea had launched a satellite or ballistic missile. Fox's Trey Yingst. China says a close call in the air last week was the U.S. military's fault. Provocation alleges Beijing, saying the U.S. spy plane was guilty of dangerous activity. A Chinese J-16 fighter jet crossed around 400 feet in front of the nose of the American RC-135. It led to uncomfortable turbulence for the U.S. aircraft. China claims the reconnaissance plane broke into a Chinese training area 
the United States insists it was flying legally in international airspace. Most of the world rejects Beijing's claim to almost the entirety of the South China Sea. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. A government food inspector in central India is suspended from his job for ordering a reservoir to be drained so he could retrieve the smartphone he dropped taking a selfie. He says the issue's been exaggerated and he put the water back. I'm Chris Foster, Fox News. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and every weekday on my show, The Joe Cunningham Show, you can tune in for all of today's top news, local, state, and national, plus analysis that you're not going to get anywhere else. All of the big topics from a local perspective right here on The Joe Cunningham Show every weekday, 3 to 4 p.m. on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Dino's Pizza, an Italian restaurant with a Cajun twist. Don't forget to ask about their pizza of the month or one of their many specialty pizzas. Pizzas, sandwiches, pasta, and more. Dino's Pizza like no other. The views expressed in the following show are those of the hosts or hosts only. They do not represent News Talk 96.5 KPL or Town Square Media. Moon Graffon show on the road here at the state capitol. It's all going down this week and next week. And uh, it's always good to come here. I get to see a lot of people. Some don't like to see me, but they say hi. Some do. And uh, But it's always been good to come back. 844-766-6607. It is a uh, Matthew James tax and wealth management hotline. Uh, honored to have always uh, represent Brett Guyman. He's always been. I call him a friend to the program and the fact that he will come on. <laughs> I didn't say friend of mine. I said friend of the program. It's a big uh, difference. I don't even know. Hey, welcome to our home court. It's good to have you on the home court they, for a change. They didn't kick me out, so that's well, good. you know, that's a question. How did you get in with security? I need to talk to them about that. I, I, you know, I don't know. The only person I see, not every now and then when I come here, every time I come here, and we we laughed and cut up this morning, is, is a former Senator Mike Nisho. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I say, Mike you got to come every day because every time I come, he laughed. Yeah. We joked for a second. He walked in and uh, he said, yeah, I heard you were doing the program at the Capitol. And all that stuff. We visited a few minutes. Uh, well, Brett, all right, Brett. Uh, tough fight still, budget. Uh, uh, I know it's by design, but you guys passed the budget a month ago, three weeks ago, and I brought that up to Senator Cloud and uh, Senator Talbot that they moved. And the Senate has been gone about 20 days this session. And then I start, when I start hearing, and you know you go hear this, oh, we don't have time. Uh, I don't have time because it's, it's always planned to be rough in the end. Yeah, no question about it. I think history is you push the budget process to the very end where your back's against the wall. I say I either got to vote yes or no. There's not a lot of option to go and change things or, or revise them. Uh, I think it's a playbook that Alario used many, many years right. before. Um, <laughs> But we know that, and we've talked about that internally. You know, it's going to come up against the wall. They're going to try to force us to make a bad decision, and we're doing our best to be out in front of that. 
Um, we want to have an, another option for everyone. I know that Chairman Zarang is working hard to provide another option. Uh, several groups among the House members are working with staff as well to provide another option. So we want to be able to tell our colleagues, you have another option. You don't have to accept what the Senate is sending over. And the second part of that equation is holding 36 votes to not bust the expenditure limit. You see, I'm wearing a pin today. 36. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're very vocal. About, I know that ain't your age. <laughs> it could be my district number, though. It could be my district number. About it. Well, you can so, keep it then. Yeah, keep so it when it's you run not for my re-election. district number, but I say it could be. If I'd moved just a little bit, it would be my district number. But, uh, you know, so we're very vocal about where we stand on that. We, we um, believe very strongly we have those votes to hold off. Uh, raising the debt, raising the uh, cap, raising the expenditure limit. It's referred to in all three of those terms. Technical term is it's raising the expenditure limit. But we're mainly people say, well, we don't want to bust the cap. And really, that's just saying that we don't want government to grow faster than it should grow. And that's what that limit is there for. I'm going to take you back to the early part of this process. You, 71 other members, 72 people voted, most for the most part Republicans, but voted not to break the spending cap. Yeah. The Senate passes a concurrent resolution, we're spending it all. Yeah. Before they even pass the budget, I, I, don't, I don't quite get that. Uh, talked to Kurt. Kurt said, oh, they said we had to do it that way. Uh, I thought, <laughs> just because they told you that don't mean you had to do it. But, but whatever. But you guys were proud of the budget. Absolutely. Not only proud, and I don't mean that in an ugly way. I mean, y'all were proud. Y'all had put together a budget that was so responsible and it would help the future of the state of Louisiana, no and none question. of that's changed. No question about that. You, the, the, the budget that came out of the House side with, with uh, Chairman Zarang leading that charge, the Appropriations Committee behind him, the House representatives behind uh, the budget as well, it did, it did some amazing things. It paid down debt. Talk about retirement debt that you've talked about on your show as long as I've known you. Paid that off, freed up money locally to give teacher pay raises, improved our bond rating, didn't grow government, but less than 1%, which that's that's never happened in this building before. It was just something that we all are very, very proud of. Look like to me, and I brought it up to one of the senators, I said, look like to me, y'all put everything below the line. Absolutely. I was told, teacher pay raise, can't happen unless we break the cap. Yeah. Fortified homes, which in your area, very, very important. Yeah. Fortified roofing. Yeah. Uh, and then they went on to tell me all the great things that are going to be done if we break it. And that tells me, why do you think in Baton Rouge, all important stuff is put at the bottom and everything else is put on the top? Because I guarantee yeah. if I go through yeah. the budget, and we're going to find out once the budget's passed. Yeah. Like CB told me, three to six months to find out what you really passed. Yeah. We're going to find out projects. They weren't below the line. Yeah. They were above the line. And, and they really aren't important in the big picture. Well, let me. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But let me make a few comments all about right. all of that. All right. We believe, and we speaking for many of us on the, and I'm not speaking in official capacity. I'm just one rep and one legislator. But many of us believe that we can do all of those things and not break the cap. You can put that money into funds. You can put it. You, can, you know, you can you can dedicate it to roads. You can do all these things that, and, and still not break the cap. You can do teacher pay under the cap. We strongly believe we can do that. I know that many in the House are working on that plan now. We have several options floating around out there. It's, it's very fluid, and we don't have a hard copy in front of us yet because we don't know what the Senate is sending over. And really, nothing can happen until we see their plan to know what they... Well, what are they going to do? Send it over and give you all five minutes? Well, maybe <laughs> ten minutes. But we're preparing for that to have options available. We believe we can fund teacher pay raise below the cap. Here's, here's one thing I want to comment to make sure that... And, and this is probably boring to most of your... Listeners, but it's a very important fact is that we keep hearing that you can't do teacher pay unless you bust the cap. Well, we also hear that we're only busting the cap to use non-recurring 
projects to do roads and bridges and infrastructure. And so why out of their mouths, all of a sudden we're busting the cap for teacher pay, which is an absolute recurring obligation for the rest of our life. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do the teacher pay. I'm not arguing that that has to happen below the cap. but, the, but to what you are saying that if you're going to give teachers pay raise, this is every year. If below the cap money is one-time money, you can't do it every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we're have a, we have a little bit of discrepancy there in the narrative coming from the Senate because it's, it's all about we're only going to do one-time projects Correct. with anything that we bust the cap for. But, oh, we can't get teacher pay unless we bust the cap. So we're waiting to see what they send back. Uh, and we and we have several uh, people in the legislature on the House Appropriations Committee, in particular, working for just having options available to plug those numbers in when it comes back. We, I believe, very strongly, we're going to hold the line, and 36. thirty-six of us are not going to vote to exceed the expenditure limit, and we're going to have to live within our means, and we're going to have to make that work. And we believe we can make it work and still do all those wonderful okay. things. One of the things that was brought up, Brett Guyman, my special guest, represent Brett Guyman. He's been a fiscal hawk. He's been one of the real leaders in the budget in the House. Okay, and I ask uh, the senators. I'm, I'm only telling you I ask them. I'm not trying to get them in, but uh, you know it came back, and, and Darden and Edward said, up. Oh, the house overspent by $200 million. The house overspent by $200 million. And then they talked about the way it was appropriated or whatever. Would you tell me about the $200 million overspending yeah, sure that will. they claiming y'all did? Well, you can go to House Archives video on 327 at the 53-minute mark, if I remember it correctly, when we asked that we question it. to the Division of Administration in testimony and they said that historically, for many, many years, we have never counted debt payments toward the expenditure limit. Quote. And now they want to count it. Yeah. What they're arguing wow. is that the normal payment, you know, whatever should count and the rest of it shouldn't. So, but, but the goalposts got moved. It's frustrating. But you know what we do? We regroup and we say, okay, we're going to play under the new set of rules and we're going to still find a way to do all this and not exceed the expense. Have you limit. been able to find that? Yes. We, do I you have you an can. alternative plan without going into detail if the Senate comes back with what you feel they're coming back? Because they've already told you we're going to spend $1.85 billion, whatever yep. it is, under $2 billion. We're going to spend it all. Yeah. If, if you know that's coming back, yeah. y'all well, got to have the plan right when it hits. Huh? Yeah, well, I mean, Chairman Zarang is working very hard. He's worked through the weekend to, to have options available. We have He has what I would call support people like us that are also digging and working and providing options and relaying that message to him. Hey, what if we did this? What about this? And just trying to help him have everything available when he goes into negotiation in the conference committee to be able to get those ideas back inserted. But he has to know that we have 36 people that are not going to bust expenditure limit. Without that, it's pizza party. It's over. They're ended now. Uh, This is a tough question. If you don't want to touch it, I understand. I notice on the Senate side that the leader of the Senate, he's out there. But the, I don't see a whole lot from the speaker. On the budget issue? On the budget. Now, he, uh, may, he may be all of yeah. I haven't seen him out publicly like the president of the Senate. We uh, spend it every penny. No, I think I would agree with that. And I don't think uh, Speaker Shake Snyder has been very vocal publicly about his position would on the budget. Would that help you uh, It would help us if he would be with us, you know, if he, if he is with us to be public. But that's his decision to make. And I know, I know but that. I just thought, I, man, Speaker yeah. of the House, Senate president, you want to be an ex-speaker. Yeah. I know Brad Guyman. If this budget was going back and forth, Brett Guyman would yeah. be working with Caesar Rain leading the charge yeah. to stop it. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like the speaker ought to be more involved in yeah. this. That's all. I, well, I just it, a comment from me because no, I'm watching it from a distance. But but to his, you know, his style is a little bit, you know, 
back and a lot of times he's working behind the scenes with leadership. So I don't know what he's doing. So I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. comment at all. But to to your point, he has not been very vocal in the public about but his position. But you agree with me the Senate president has oh, been no. out there wide open. No, Page, uh, Senate, Senator Cortez, President Cortez, you know, I've served with him and known him for years, yeah. but um, has been very vocal and, yeah. And, yeah. and using all of his influence uh, to the best of his ability. And he's, you know, he's a very charismatic leader and he's, he's certainly moving the needle in their favor, no question about it. And we knew when we started this debate and battle months ago, that he, he was going to be a tough challenge for us, and he has been, and and rightly so. But we're we're still uh, very confident that we can hold. Well, he he also has a, he works really close with the governor, and that don't hurt none. Let me take a break. I want to come back. A few more questions, a little bit off the budget. His name is Representative Brett Guyman. He's one of the real conservatives, the real fighters for you and me. It's amazing. I always say the elected officials are down there for everybody, so they represent you and me. But when the lobbyists come in, they represent their area only. And people start saying, "Well, who's representing us?" It's the legislature. They're supposed to be representing everybody. Take a break. Be right back. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show. Yeah, I didn't want to. Have you heard about stockapond.com? Are you looking to get in a private bass and brim fishing lease? Or maybe fish stocking for your private lake or pond? Then Shepherd's Acadiana Fish Hatchery has what you are looking for in business for over 30 years. Shepherd's Acadiana Fish Hatchery offers the best private fishing lease and fish for stocking lakes and ponds in Louisiana. You can visit that website at stockapond.com. That's stockapond.com. Don't forget it, stockapond.com. As Louisiana's top law enforcement official, Jeff Landry has failed us. Murder, rape, carjackings. Under Landry's watch, Louisiana is now the most dangerous state in America. Stephen Wagaspak has a plan to take Louisiana back from the criminals. It starts by supporting law enforcement and giving them the tools they need. Wagaspak will work with DAs and prosecutors, ensuring repeat offenders stay off our streets. Stephen Wagaspak for a safer Louisiana. Paid for by Reboot Louisiana. Hey, folks, have you ever thought about building your dream home? There's no time like today to start building, and my friends at Schumacher Homes can take you from the start to the finish. Now through May 31st, all eligible buyers can receive 4.949% APR, 30-year fixed financing, when financing their custom home with Schumacher Mortgage. They got the mortgage, they can build a home, they can put you in your dream home, folks. Take advantage of the deal to May 31st. You're going to be excited you came across my friends at Schumacher Homes. Go to SchumacherHomes.com, SchumacherHomes.com. Online house visualizer designing your custom home has never been simpler when you go to Schumacher Homes online. Mix and match colors, materials, find your dream home, perfect exterior and interior. You can do it all with Schumacher's home. Choose it now. Go today. SchumacherHomes.com. SchumacherHomes.com. They can finance it, and they can bill it, and they take you from the first step to the last step until they bill it. SchumacherHomes.com. They're the company to use. Welcome back. Moon Graffon Show. Right here in Baton Rouge at the State Capitol and Attorney General's office. And uh, we're broadcasting today. Back next week at the Secretary of State's office. We'll be in the vault. So we'll get a chance to broadcast that. We'll bring a whole different group of people to come by. Unless Brett got something to say, I always let Brett come. Uh, Representative Brett Guyman, my special guest, Moss Bluff. So the session ends next Thursday. Thursday. Six o'clock. 
Yes. Okay. You know, I made a comment to you. I said, a lot of times when y'all got these negotiations, you told me immediate, immediately after you passed the budget that, you know, when some of this stuff's going to be negotiated. It's just nothing we can do about it. We could pass it perfect, but the Senate was never going to do that. Uh, the part I wanted to ask you about, it looks like, though, the Senate always wins. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, it's it, less people to control and corral. I mean, I saw John Alario <laughs> said the Senate's a lot easier to corral. You only got 38, nine of us. I think that's the question that many of us ask is why the Senate does always win. The House is an equal body in the House. Uh, the budget originates in the House and has to come back. We get two shots at it. The problem is it's usually at the very end by design and we're up against a wall and your your options are vote yes or, or you potentially throw yourselves into a special session which can be chaotic. And so that's typically historically what has happened. And um, well, You felt like the House gives in? The House does give in. Historically, um, will we give in this year? I don't know. That's remained to be seen. Again, if 36 people hold, um, we're going to be fine. Because if, if we hold on the expenditure limit and we don't bust the cap, uh, a lot of the ideas that were in the budget that Chairman Zerang passed out of the House that we all supported will automatically um, automatically be in get, there. Get that wire off. There you go. Thank okay. you, bud. They'll automatically be in the in the budget just by default because you'll have to stay underneath the cap and you'll have to pay down debt and you'll have to do some of the things that we wanted to do. So it really comes down to the 36. And so I think we have a great chance of winning this year. I, this is a tough question, Mom. I ask it to you. Are you disappointed that the Senate didn't buckle up a little bit and you get eight of ten Republicans to just say, you know what? I'm not naming names. Yeah. You didn't get eight of ten to say, you know what? We want to we want to back up on this too. Yeah. Everybody ran out and they voted for House. Re- I mean, a Senate resolution. I understand it, yeah. but are you a little disappointed? Yeah, no, I mean, you don't I, have because you know I, some conservatives. I, don't know, I have some very good friends over there, and some very good friends that have been in the trenches with us over the years, fighting a good budget battle. So, no, I, I, you know, nothing personal at all. Uh, obviously, I'm disappointed, but I don't. I'm not a senator, and I'm not in that environment, and I don't know what all takes place. So, I, I, I don't judge it. But to answer your question, of course I'm disappointed. It would have been nice to have a little bit of support coming back. At, at least, hey, there's some of them that are, um, you know, willing to stand, and, and hopefully um, at some point we can I, all, you know. I asked you that because I figured you'd be honest, but they just seem to me ought to be some senators that stand up. I had two of them in the other day, and I point blankly asked them, where are y'all? What are y'all doing? Yeah. And uh, and look, I, I, tell I, you get, this, I, I get think, disappointed when I see the $200 million come up, y'all overspend, and, and that comes from the governor and Jay Darden. And they grab hold of it. They just grab hold of it, and yeah. and, and okay, this is what we're running on. Yeah. Now. Well, there's, you know, yeah. I mean, the legislature could bow up to that and challenge the administration on that issue, and it could potentially end up in court. You know, because the legislative will is typically what the court would would side with. Sure. But I want to make a comment before we get sure. off the air. All of this battle is really about the future. The whole budget battle is about the future. The next administration coming in, facing shortfalls, how do we best prepare that person that becomes our next governor, hopefully a Republican, uh, to have a, a better chance of success? And I really, I guess my disappointment in all of this discussion is why are we not focused on that instead of focused future. on... When you say future, we're talking about our kids. No, the other no thing, question. too, is what bothers me, Brett, is I think the Senate's taking an approach to hell with it. Y'all just extend a 0.45 sales tax and that's forever. The, and I don't care what anybody says. And uh, they passed a one cent sales tax for 27 months. Then it went 0.45 for seven years. Now it's almost 10 years. It was two and a half, two, two point three months. And so what they're saying is just, just keep going. If it well, pay it. and it's that same 
oh, nobody really knows where they've been paying that 0.45. And, oh, you know, everybody's used to it. And, oh, we need to keep it put on infrastructure. We're going to have all that thrown back at us, and we're going to be in a shortfall situation where it's like, well, if I get rid of the 0.45, now my gap is even bigger. Here's the problem. The people and, that don't want to get rid of the 4.5, the people that don't want to pass the budget y'all pass will be the first people out the back saying, Oh, you need to pass taxes. Just raise them. I don't know if anybody noticed, but inflation is kicking your butt way more than a tax. Once again, I think all of what we're doing today is really about the next administration and the next four and five, six, seven, eight years ahead of us to prepare for that and make that much more successful, regardless of who the governor is. We don't know who that's going to be yet. And no, that'd be wild too. <laughs> if we're short-sighted, if we're short-sighted, and we're only looking at, you know, can I get a, a road in my district right now and and vote to bust the cap and and be a hero at home for three months, or or do I need to do something that you know, I campaigned on and said, hey, I want to change the state forever. I want to move us forward, and here's how we're going to do it. Because that budget that went out of the House um, was, was I, I, you know, it was fantastic and, a, and very innovative and very creative and very forward-thinking. That the last thing is that I worry about how much our budget is dependent on the federal government. A lot. The federal government ever tells us, you know what, guys, 20 30% cuts coming. What do you think will happen then? Yeah. It, it's going to be bad because we are so reliant on – uh, the federal government, and we typically want to replace the federal spending when it goes away with state dollars that you and I have to come up with. Well, with that program, yeah, I remember they had yeah. a program with the child wealth and yeah. being health wealth, being yeah. whatever it is, fifty million. Yeah, the Fed's not sending. Yeah, and so they say, "Oh, y'all cutting fifty well, million? Cut no, no, the federal government ain't sending. Yeah. Well, y'all need to raise taxes. Uh, that's exactly. And by right. the way, some of this money's going in that budget. That's exactly right, man. We're hey, glad friend, to have you at the Capitol. Thank, thank you, you, man. I uh, hope you make it back next week. And uh, glad we to have. Glad to have you on my home court. <laughs> All right. All right. Take you, a man. break. When we get back, Richard Nelson, Representative Nelson, with me talk a little session, but uh, he's running for governor, too. So we'll visit with him a segment or so. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show. forget my good friends at Stein, and that's one of those great Louisiana companies. All you have to do is go to steinhome.com, steinhome.com, and check out their big sale they have going on now. They have the brochure on the website for you to go check out, but they got everything on the website. They got special financing for 12 months as well. So if you're looking for a big deal, you're one of those people that are looking for something in the garden area, lawnmowers or flowers or things of that nature, you need to go to steinhome.com. Wow, they got all the big names waiting on you. Better brands right here at Stein. So check them out at steinhome.com. They got a 2023 outdoor power equipment catalog, a new 16-page catalog available in all the stores now. Steinhome.com, Steinhome.com. Listen to me. Pick up your artist curbside. They got drive-through lumber yard. Stein is that great Louisiana company I've been bragging about for many, many years. And you can order online and go pick it up. Choose the better bucket. Our friends at Stein, Steinhome.com, Steinhome.com. Crime is out of control. Louisiana's education system failing our kids and our economy, one of the worst. We need a new direction. We need Jeff Landry as governor, a former police officer, Army National Guardsman, Sheriff's Deputy, and our Louisiana Attorney General. Jeff Landry has a proven record of fighting crime. 
A small businessman, he successfully filled hundreds of jobs for Louisiana citizens. So Jeff Landry opposes high taxes and government red tape harming our economy. A husband and father, Jeff Landry knows all kids deserve a great education, not liberal politics pushed in the classroom. A leader standing up to Biden, protecting our pro-life values and Second Amendment freedoms, endorsed by the Republican Party of Louisiana. Our next governor, Jeff Landry. Paid for by Landry for Louisiana. This is Moon Graffon. I've always believed there's two types of fishermen. There are people like me that love to fish. And there are people like Don Dubuque who can catch fish. And that's why you need to listen to the Outdoor Show with Don Dubuque Saturdays from 5 to 7 a.m. Here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Brought to you by Louisiana's number one Chevy dealer seven years in a row. Service Chevrolet Cadillac. Find new roads. This hour of the Moon Graffon Show is brought to you by Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management. Online at MatthewJames.com. Welcome back. Moon Show at the state capitol. Glad to be here today. Opportunity to visit with a lot of legislators, Senate and House members. And uh, we're going to be back next Wednesday as well. And uh, matter of fact, my friend right here is getting ready to tell me he got me a really good guest lined up. So we, we're going to try to line them back up. They can come Republican, Democrat, Senate representatives. I don't care. Love to talk to them. Love to have the speaker in the Senate. You know, I used to get the speaker and Senate president on all the time. Can't get them. They will not come. I ain't going to beg them. Richard Nelson's his name. Representative Richard Nelson. He's running for governor. How you doing, man? Doing well. Now you got to settle for me, huh? <laughs> no, you, you're fine. Um, before we get to the governor's deal, uh, you were talking about a reading bill, and I know that was the third. Explain to people, this bill's passed the Senate, the House, and it's, 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 it's coming up in the Senate, I hope. I guess there's, is there a day on this bill yet? No, so it just got out of the Senate Education Committee, and it's going to have to go to the Senate Finance Committee, and then after that it'll go to the floor. What so, number is it? Uh, it's HB 12. Okay. This is really good, Bill. Is this your bill? It is my okay. bill. I want you to explain this bill to people because this is a really good bill. This is the one I'm thinking it is. Yeah, so it's not super complicated. Basically, if kids can't read at the end of third grade, they get held back until they can read and they get promoted to fourth grade. Um, yeah, but they don't get held. They're not being held back nine years. They're being held back because don't you test them again? They got a few more shots to still get passed. Yeah, so it's you basically have three, at least three chances to pass the the literacy test to make sure that you can read before you get on, move on. You have different interventions that'll happen between, you know, you basically take the first test in April or so, and then after that you have a, a you know month before the end yeah. of the year, so you get basically a month of intensive tutoring until you get to take it again. If you fail it then, then you get basically the summer to get summer school. And then if you fail it again at the end of summer, then you'll actually end up being held back. So it's a lot of things that you know you get multiple shots to do it, but then also is that when you get held back, it's not just wash, rinse, repeat. You get highly qualified teachers, smaller class sizes. You get a more literacy-focused year with you know a lot of phonics instruction, hopefully to get you over that hump so that you be able to pass that's it. A, second time. That's not, uh, you got 88 votes on the House? Yes. It seems like that's a bill Republican, Democrats, black, white, male, female ought to agree because it's a problem here in the state of Louisiana. So uh, based on the last LEAP test, about half of our kids, half of our third graders can't read on grade level. 
So that's about in the last the that's last few tests. Yeah, forty one percent. And so when you look at a state like Mississippi, this is actually modeled off of Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi went from forty ninth in the country, which was one stop one spot below us, and now they're twenty first in the country. Basically, when they passed this bill, how long in did it take them to twenty thirteen? So they passed this bill in twenty thirteen and went to effect in twenty fifteen, and then it was basically by twenty nineteen they. You know, and I'm gonna say this that that bill right there could change a lot of things in Louisiana. Absolutely, I mean, because to move up that much, I've never heard numbers like that. I tell people I've never seen education reform ever, ever, because I never see anything that really works. So the numbers in Mississippi, ooh, that leaves us behind. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that was kind of my impression of it. You know, I'm kind of a tax guy. I talk about that stuff a lot. I, I, I was kind of stayed out of education. And then my wife was the one who actually brought it to me and said, listen, this works. And that was exactly the reason I tried to stay out of it. You know, it all seems kind of, uh, you know, there's not really a good answer on how to fix things. But honestly, Stalin, Mississippi, very similar challenges to us, has had astronomical results, and I think that's what we can expect here. His name is Representative Richard Nelson. He's uh, also running for governor. He served his one term, and basically he's out. He wants to be the governor. Before I get to that, i got to ask you about the budget. The House, you were one of the ones of 72 that voted to what I thought. I've been watching this for a long time. It was a really good budget. And uh, <clears throat> the Senate is about to uh, basically poo-poo it. So where do you stand with this budget now? Are you going to hang with the they D36? Are you one of the 36 that's going to hang tough? You're waiting to see what they send. You're waiting to see what's negotiated. Where are you, where are you on this? Because I need 36 of you guys to hang, even if you've got to go to a special session, which, by the way, make it harder. Yeah, so I, you know, for me, I think it depends on what the negotiation comes back with. It's like I, I'm really, I, you know, I've been a proponent for paying off that unfunded accrued liability, that pension debt. I've been advocating for that for years. Uh, you know, I think that that is a huge, that's a huge burden on the state. I mean, most people don't really understand it. Uh, it's basically, you know, one in ten dollars in K through twelve education, one in ten, ten percent of every dollar we spend goes to pay off that legacy pension debt, not to pay benefits for retired or current teachers, but you know, uh, teachers that retired a long time ago. And so that's just a huge burden we have on the state. I've advocated to pay that down. By the way, I've been talking about it for 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like we, and I mean, we're talking about paying down the IUAL debt, which was basically accrued up to 1988. So this is, mo you know, money we've owed for 40 years that we're trying, to, we're trying to pay off. So I think it's a very responsible way to do it. You know, that's what I advocate for at the same time. The Senate wants to spend most of it on, I think, projects is kind of where we're breaking down and what, where we are in that continuum. And honestly, my support for it is going to be based on, I think, a reasonable approach to doing that. And well, I hope, I'm hoping you're going to stay because I think y'all had a hell of a budget to come out. And uh, they need 36. I've never seen 36 do anything in the House. And it's usually Republicans that, that, that disappoint. It's usually Republicans. If something good's going to happen, they got to lead the charge. Uh, so you, you want to run for governor. You know, I, and, I'm, and, I'm watch, and I'm watching your career because when you jumped out of God, I knew who you were. Uh, you look like you're running more as a libertarian than a Republican. You are a Republican, no doubt, but you, are you more of a libertarian? I, I'm just kind of curious because I'm looking at, you know, the, everybody knows you for marijuana, legalizing marijuana, and there's some other, but you don't look like you're as much on the social issues. And I, I always notice libertarians, they, they're strong on the fiscal issues, but on the social issues, just get that out of my way, I'm not interested. Just yeah, your thoughts, just your thoughts on me saying that. I mean, I think everybody's a libertarian when the government's telling them something they don't want to do, making them do something they don't want to do. So I, I think it's, you know, to some yeah, extent. but if you become governor, you, you have a lot of say-so what people can and can't do. Absolutely. I mean, and I think generally I want the government to stay out of people's business. Um, you know, to some extent that's a little bit more libertarian maybe than some of my colleagues. But, I, you know, honestly, I think that, you know, I'm definitely more fiscally conservative and, you know, a little bit more socially moderate than mo some of my colleagues here. But I think, you know, when you look at the rest of the state, I think most of the people in the state are in that boat. I think that's where they mo most of them are. Um, but 
You know, that's how I feel about it. I think that especially when you're looking at, you know, how do you have sound and effective government, I think especially focusing on, you know, fixing people's problems, getting them, you know, roads, police, and education. I think those are the things we could focus on and make the state a whole lot better. You know, you mentioned uh, uh, fiscal uh, conservatives. Uh, stand with the 36 will make you a real fiscal conservative. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Richard Gard, boy, you stuck. No, I am because I just think it's responsible. Yeah. I, I mean, know what's coming. I've been watching it. This reminds me of after Katrina. Everybody's happy. Everybody, I know everybody's pulling on you. Man, spend the money, spend the money. But the bottom line is, is what, what it leads to up the roads, expending the point four five by adding more taxes. We don't need that right now because the federal government, you know the budget better than I do, but the federal government ever says I'm cutting 20%, we, we're in big trouble. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean honestly, uh, so much of our money comes from the federal government. It's like, what, $25 billion? $25 billion way out of 40, more than we need. $25 billion out of, you know, 40-something billion comes from the federal government. And so at the end of the day, we're really dependent on the good taxpayers of, you know, Texas and Florida and New York to keep us afloat. And that's just not a sustainable model. I mean, especially with the debt, the current federal debt, you're going to be ended up, you're not going to have that forever. If you are fortunate enough to be governor, you bring the income tax back up you, because at that position, Whoever's the governor can make a big difference. Let me ask it this way. I know that's got to be one of your platforms if you became governor. What are a couple of three other things that you go, Moon, if I'm governor, here's what we're going to do to take this state to another level? Because you know what I don't hear anybody talk about? All this budget crap y'all going through? Nobody's talking about jobs. Nobody's talking about young people staying here. Nobody. I mean, none. The reading program's great, but I'm just saying nobody's talking about one of the big problems, jobs and keeping people here. People are running out of this state. People your age. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think that the tax, so the tax problem, I think, is really how you create jobs here. The tax system is what chases companies and people away. I think if you get rid of the income tax, I think if you restructure it so we have a, a system that's more like Florida and Texas, where everybody are, everybody's going to Florida, Texas, Tennessee, you know, one of the main reasons for that is there's no income tax. And the second is that there's jobs because they have a competitive tax structure that attracts business and, and people. So I think that's a key part in, the, in keeping people here and bringing jobs here. Uh, I think education is well, the second. I mean, honestly, that's why I mean, two things I talk about the most, tax and education. Uh, I think the reading thing is very important. I think the implementation of that third grade reading bill is very important because, you know, that starts early and sets them up uh, moving on. I think that just changing fundamentally how the education system is, is, works, I think that that's one of the most important things we can do. I, I, I would be, uh, I, I think I got to bring this up. You know, when I watch uh, 6 o'clock news, all I see is trial lawyer advertising. And I got some of my best friends are lawyers. They are. I got some really good friends of lawyers. I don't go to bat for them. But our lawsuit abuse, we're always a hellhole for lawsuit abuse. Is anybody going to get a grip on this? Don't mean we don't need lawyers. Don't mean lawyers don't sue. But they're doing things different in Texas and Florida than we're doing here. And it looks like nobody wants to make a change when it comes to this. Just your thoughts on that. You sit in governor. You've got to look at this as a, something that deters business from even coming here. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, my very first bill, uh, what, or yeah, one of my very first bill that I brought was actually vetoed by the governor was, you know, fixing one of these rules that, you know, is just kind of backwards in Louisiana um, that basically said you get in a car accident, you don't have to prove your damages. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's a way to, to make anybody's uh, life better. So, you know, I think it's one of those problems we really have to address. Uh, and I think that there's ways to do that. I mean, Morris Bart has advertisements in, uh, in Mississippi just as, well, uh, just as well as in Louisiana. But in yep. Mississippi, they have half the insurance costs as we, you know, half, half of our costs. Yeah, by the way, we got insurance companies going after insurance companies. One said, 
maybe the guy stands on the truck because he's not qualified to get in the truck. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. But it is the number one commercial on any TV news as trial lawyers. And uh, I think if you're sitting governor, this has got to be addressed. It's because I, what I hear is a process. You're not doing it overnight. Yeah, no, it's a, you know, a, a lot of these problems are battleships, right? Yeah. So, you, you know, you're not going to turn it around in a day, but it's going to take time for it to, I think, for you to make the change and then for the change to have an impact on people's rates. But the truth is we spend twice as much on, on car insurance, I mean, a, as we should. And you look just right next door in Mississippi, we pay twice as much as Mississippi for essentially half the coverage. So, but the governor's going to have to make the charge, right? I mean, in all of these things, people ask me all the time, you're, you know, a state rep, why are you running for governor? It's because that's the only way that you're really going to implement these changes. Tell people how to get in touch with you if they're interested in your governor. Sure. Nelsonforla.com. Uh, you can look me up on that. I'm also on you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and whatever you, your social media platform of choice. You can find me or just Google Richard Nelson, Louisiana. Come on. When you get by Lafayette, we'll do some more call-ins. more than welcome. Thank you. Appreciate we'll it. a little longer next time. No worries. Thank Richard Nelson, Representative Nelson. I'm encouraging folks. Don't bust the cap. I'm telling him. Okay. Julie Emerson, Representative Julie Emerson, will squeeze in here. We'll take a break. Be right back. Do you remember recess? Our children may not, because our kids are busy learning how to take a standardized test. One size fits all. That's what teachers must teach, the LEAP test. So it's hard to get kids onto the playground to learn citizenship, responsibility, and character. These things can be the difference between an auto mechanic and a car thief. Experts know kids do better when you let them be kids, but our experts don't. They make teachers teach a test. Meanwhile, we're 2,500 teachers short because we don't pay them or let them do their jobs. So pay them, let them do their jobs. While we're at it, let's provide farm fresh food to kids at school. Our farms have an abundance. Our kids need the nutrition and our schools already make meals. My name is Hunter Lundy. I paid for this ad because I'm running for governor. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and an independent. Exercise, life skills, teachers who teach, and farm fresh food. Why not? You know that Acadiana Security Plus is the best local choice for commercial security. But did you also know they are ranked nationally as a top 100 integrator? Acadiana Security Plus is your one-step technology partner, offering integrated intrusion and access control, state-of-the-art cameras with video verification, and mass notification. Their app gives you control from anywhere, so your business is always safe and secure. Call Acadiana Security Plus today at 839-1880. That's 839-1880. Or visit GetASP.com now.com hi i'm mike gwynn with gwynn auction company and i would like to sell your used construction equipment farm equipment and vehicles we offer flexible sellers options including buyout price guaranteed sales price and straight commission whether you are looking to reduce a fleet liquidate a business or get a high wholesale value on your trade when purchasing new equipment we have a plan for you give us a call today let's talk auction 337-824-0422 this is moon Grafon. mr rogers said look for the helpers you can always find people who are helping thank you to all the first responders who put their lives in danger to help us when my brothers and sisters and mom and dad and grandpa and grandma need them. Thank you, first responders. This is what I signed up for as a first responder. I am constantly worried about being exposed to this virus and potentially bringing it back to my home and my family. I'm going to continue going to work day in and day out and providing help to those that need it. We look out for the helpers because they look out for us. Thank you, first 
safe, look after yourself, and look after one another. Thanks. Let's show up for first responders and their families. Go to firstrcf.org to find out how you can help today. Welcome back, Moon Graffon Show. Great to have you with us as we wrap up our uh, two hours today. Back next week for, for two more hours, and we'll have some different guests at that time as well. Uh, my representative, I, I shouldn't have said it. She's probably going to be embarrassed. Your, your favorite Julie Emerson. one. Your favorite one. Uh, yeah, right? that's right. My rep is here. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. I, I told Julie. I'd call Julie last time she ran for office. And I'd say, I'd say every time. I, I do, but I'd say, Julie, if I get one more mail in, one more mail out with your me. name on it. I said, I'm loading to get you. And the next day I get six more. And it she would, wasn't me. She would say, Moon, look at them. It doesn't say paid for <laughs> by me. Good to see you. It's good to see you. All right. Uh, a little concerned about the 30, the 70. I know 72 is not holding on the budget because I know a lot of them are being bought off. What's your concern? I know. I think you're part of the 36. I hope that it's trying to, to, to stay clean with the budget. Well, look, I mean, I think I think the obviously the biggest hope is just to not is just to not um, repeat the mistakes of the past. Right. Um, I think you saw I think you saw something very similar uh, post Katrina and all the money that we had. And then obviously my first year, eight years ago, coming into the legislature um, and, and struggling with some of the consequences of that, of the fall off and the deficits and the nine hundred million dollar yeah, yeah. mid-year deficit we had. So. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, we just want to be prudent with what we have. We know it's a little bit of a kind of a false bump, um, maybe with some of this relief money that came in just and like some Katrina. of the federal money. Just so like exactly. So I think you just want to be prudent with it. Obviously, um, I know you've. I'm sure you've talked to many of my colleagues earlier in the day about a lot of the debt payments. Um, I think a lot of people maybe. I'm sure some explained it, but maybe a lot of people don't really understand. They think maybe that it's some debt that the state kind of accumulated, but it's debt that we assumed um, that some of the locals, whenever we had different retirement systems, it's, it's debt that we assumed that we have to pay off. So, um, you know, I think that's that's a big push that a lot of uh, me and my, my colleagues in the House are trying to do as far as making sure that we put the state and, and use that money in a very prudent way that puts the state on a, on a good path going forward. Because when you pay off debt, obviously, you don't have to make those payments anymore every year. And you, and you save a lot on the interest payments as well. And so you can put us um, possibly, you know, saving up to maybe a couple hundred million every year and cutting into the deficit that we have coming up when the 0.45 rolls Yeah, they, they, they try to use a car note, but I literally paid a car note off. And it was kind of cool because I got X amount of dollars coming back. I can put it in the savings. I can put it in my investment lady. Right. Uh, I only have one bit of debt left, and it's my house. I can put it on my house. I can, yeah. I can, I can play with it. One of the concerns of me, and, and, and Brett got I had Brett on it, and Brett made a great point. I just want to get your thoughts. So the, the, the media and the Senate are telling us that we can't give teachers pay raise unless we raise the ceiling. Okay. Well, so, so it's one-time money. Mm -hmm. well, hold up. One-time money going to teachers pay raise, won't that get you in trouble? One-time money. For, I mean, you can only spend it one time, and it doesn't make any sense that they're saying it that way. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I mean, I think that eventually catches up to you when you use one-time money on recurring expenses. Obviously, we saw that happen um, several years ago, and again, kind of why we ended up in the way in this situation that we did when I first got here. But look, I think there's um, 
you know, we're working on some some plans in the House. I think we kind of need to see what the Senate's going to put out. Um, I don't I don't think we have all that information yet. You're not going to have yet. much time, though, when you get <laughs> so, it. So, exactly. Well, you know, hey, you know, a week in legislative time is like an eternity. I think people can work around the clock here. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we need to see what they come back with. I think we need to work on it on our side, um, trying to see if we can fit uh, some of those things into into what we already have right now with, with reoccurring funds. Um, so I, th- I think I think it can be accomplished. Um, I don't think that I don't think we necessarily have to exceed the limit. I know there's lots of conversations going on sure. all over the place, but um, I think I think we can do it, and uh, I think we can I think we can do it in, in by the deadline. So well, you know, it's funny. I've uh, and I mentioned this to Senator Cloud, and she kind of smiled. She didn't know what to say. I said, you know, <laughs> y'all been off. We got a 60 day session, and they've literally not been here for 20 days. Now. I know they go back home and work. I get it. But the point is, they were let off. They were told to go home for 20 days. Y'all were too. But they worried big time. And I thought that's funny. We get to the end, and everything's got to be rushed. And we ain't got enough time to read the bill. We got to make sure. I know it's the process, but the process doesn't have to be this way. Y'all passed the budget a month ago. Or was yeah, it longer? Look, I mean, I, I think that is that 20 days counting like Saturdays and Sundays I'm as counting well? All, no, no. Okay. I'm only counting when... If you leave here on a Thursday and you don't have to meet back here on Monday, you Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, you're going. That's the days I'm talking about yeah. that the body as a whole, Senate and House, couldn't meet. I don't mean you weren't working, but you weren't here working. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I totally understand. I was so, trying to get in clarity. So, no, yeah, that, I mean, that's look, what I'm think... saying. That, 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 so this, everything has to happen at the last second. It's, it's set up by design, my opinion only. Well, I will, I will say this, though. I think even, even if we would have come every single one of those days, I think – it, it would still go down to the wire. It just always does. I've watched it in like 20-something sessions that I've been here, including the special it, ones. We worked all the way up to 11.59.59, whenever it, we had but, to end at midnight. I, and I'm not know? arguing with you tonight because you're here and I'm not. But I'm saying it doesn't necessarily have to be it everything. Have to be. The budget, doesn't. tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> they could have passed the budget the first two or three weeks. The Senate could have passed the budget. Y'all could, be even, y'all could have all that almost settled now if they wanted to. But I think a lot of bills, they like to put them in the committee at the end, okay, the conference committee. So that way only a few people make a decision. Although y'all still get to vote. But we come back and say, Julie, you got to vote for this. Here's everything you wanted. Yeah, I mean, look, I think obviously that is a little frustrating just it as is. members as a whole whenever it, it does kind of feel rushed in the end. Um, obviously, every you know, you, you want to be able to have input. You want everybody to sit in there and kind of hash it all out. But I guess I'm so used to that <laughs> by now. You, you, you're used to this next 10 days being a blur because yeah. it's going to be a blur all the way till uh, next Thursday night. It, it is. Is it Thursday Absolutely. midnight or 6? So it, it's 6 in the regular session. Whenever we, whenever we have the specials, that's when we would go up until midnight. Okay. Well, that don't mean you won't be working at midnight the day before, huh? Uh, most likely. All right, Julie. Well, I, you know, one of the things. Uh, any bills right now uh, that you really would like to see passed that's kind of stuck? Um, well, obviously, you know, we have uh, Danny McCormick's constitutional carry bill that's uh, over in the Senate right now. I know, obviously, it's you know, received vetoes and been blocked in the past. Um, I think the support for that around the state is growing. It's a bill that I probably get emails on the most, mostly just because I think the frustration with people is, hey, in the state of Louisiana, you can open carry right now. This is just a matter of whether or not you put your jacket over it or not. So, um, I think that's a big one. Um, you know, Heather Cloud and I have been working with Attorney General Landry um, on the the library bill as far as uh, sexually explicit materials mm-hmm. being. Uh, yeah, y'all worked very hard on that. Yeah. And you so, know what's sad though, Julie? 
those bills are so pro-kid, pro-parents, whether whether they agree with you and me or not, because we're going to have the same agreement. So somebody over here doesn't agree with that, they still get the choice because as parents, they get to choose for their kids. That's, 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 that's unbelievable. It's always a pleasure. Let's do this. Next time when the session's over, make sure you come out and spend some time with me in, in Lafayette or Baton Rouge. You're going to have some boot in the, uh, uh, in the studio? If, you, if you're coming, I'll have whatever you want. <laughs> Thank right. you, ma'am. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, back in studio tomorrow and Friday. Looking forward to it. All right. God bless. Have a great day. I want to thank uh, Attorney General Jeff Landry's office. Back next Wednesday, uh, Secretary of uh, Treasury. Treasurer's office will be so. A show that's not immune to facts. The Dan Bongino Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. News Talk 96.5 KPEL Brobridge Lafayette, a Town Square Media Station. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Confidence on Capitol Hill. I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says they'll get it done ahead of a House vote later today on the deal to suspend the debt ceiling and cap spending. Some conservative Republicans calling it a bad deal that just allows more debt. McCarthy just telling Fox News. To govern is not easy. But I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Every single one of those members who vote no will miss the opportunity to vote for the largest cut in American history. He also highlights provisions some Democrats oppose, including more work requirements for federal aid programs. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries says Republicans wanted deeper cuts. And they were going to use a hostage-taking situation to force those extreme right-wing cuts down the throats of the American people. The White House is urging support for the compromise deal to avoid default. Wall Street doesn't seem optimistic. Right now, the Dow's down more than 250 points. Another round of U.S. military aid will head to Ukraine, and it includes supplies for drones. New U.S. supplied drone ammunition for Ukraine follows recent attacks on Moscow from unmanned aircraft. The U.S. says there's no suggestion U.S.-made drones or ammunition was used in those recent operations, and officials here have repeatedly said Ukraine has agreed not to use any American-provided weapons for attacks on Russian soil. The Kremlin has blamed Ukraine for the attacks. Ukrainian officials have not commented. The $300 million aid package from the U.S. also comes as Ukraine shows some Signs of a spring counteroffensive may be underway. Fox's Jared Halpern at the White House. This says Russia continues to pound Ukraine's capital with airstrikes. Closing arguments underway at the trial of an Illinois man and former game show contestant accused of killing his wife by shooting her 14 times. The jury could get that case this afternoon. America is listening to Fox News. the Almond Joy factory where tropical vibes abound. We use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and joy. 
be late to the cookout. I was just packing up my famous mac and cheese. I hope you packed the Pepto, too. Huh? Pepto-Bismol provides fast relief from heartburn and indigestion. You know, that uncomfortable feeling after you eat too much? And after the deviled eggs, baked beans, and barbecue ribs? You're gonna need it. Barbecue ribs? I should probably pack an extra shirt, too. <laughs> Good call. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Pepto-Bismol. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. The largest oil refinery in the Midwest agrees to a record payout to settle pollution charges. BP Products North America will pay $40 million, the largest settlement ever under the Clean Air Act, for charges that its Indiana refinery in Whiting violated federal law by releasing pollutants into the air and wastewater. The 134-year-old refinery is the largest in the Midwest and the sixth largest nationally, processing about 440,000 barrels of crude oil daily. As part of the settlement, BP will also invest around $200 million in improvements with environmental groups praising the deal as holding polluters accountable. Jeff Manasso. Fox News. Amazon is facing a protest. A group called Amazon Employees for Climate Justice organized this one-hour lunchtime protest to rail against the company for not meeting climate goals, but also to make it known they are not okay with having to be back in the office, get this, three days a week. They say, quote, Amazon's top-down, one-size-fits-all RTO, return to office mandate, undermines the diverse, accessible future that we want to be part of. Amazon must return autonomy to its teams. Fox's Dan Springer in Seattle. The company says it's had a great few weeks with more employees in the office. A new era begins for American sports fans. The San Diego Padres say they're excited to be the first team to partner with Major League Baseball to offer a direct-to-consumer streaming option. Until Tuesday, Padres games had been broadcast on Valley Sports San Diego, part of Diamond Sports Group under Sinclair. But Diamond chose to not make its last payment for broadcast rights to the Padres as it battles bankruptcy. Fox's Jared Max. So through Sunday, Padres telecast will be available on the MLB.tv app with package options after that for fans in the San Diego market, but no blackouts. So local fans will be able to find games on TV as well. And Lisa Brady, this is Fox News. Hey, Acadiana, it's Jay Walker, and your Louisiana Raging Cajuns are in the NCAA tournament and heading to the Miami Regional. Left fielder going back on it, reaches up, can't get it. One run is home. Here comes the second run. Taylor will hold at first base with a two-run single, and Louisiana leads it 4-1. to one. Anthony Babineau and I have you covered live from Coral Gables. The action starts Friday afternoon when the Cajuns take on the Texas Longhorns. First pitch, 1 o'clock, pregame at 1230 on your home for Raging Cajuns baseball. News Talk 96.5 KPL.